Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but I am having a great day and I pray it's beautiful where you are. We're going to step into the Word of God today and show you some principles that will help you unlock some truths in your life. It's always a joy for me to share the Word with you and I pray that it's practical and helpful. So sit back and enjoy today as we share a principle that will uplift your life and take you hopefully to a better place. Enjoy. Today... We launch into a study that is a three-part series, and uh, we started the year uh, with the sermon title, with the sermon question for the year. The question was, when you look in the mirror, is that the person you imagined you'd be? If that's not who you imagined you'd be, what happened? In January, we talked about, first of all, what happened to me. Next month, we talked about what happened to your money. The next thing, we talked about what happened to your family. And this month, we talk about what happened to your children. Let me, if I can, get you look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. And this is going to be, uh, the, the goal of this sermon is to answer that question, what happened to uh, our children. Now, whenever we preach sermons, one of the things that happens is we have what we call these talk-throughs. It's a great tradition uh, with staff. Prior to preaching, I have a team that I meet with, and we talk through the sermon. And in the talk-through, one of the questions that was asked really was important. They said, you know, it feels kind of like, if you're not careful, we're blaming the parents. And I, I said, well, I never intended for that to be the case. So um, I want to start with that question. And that might be just something we can just, just lay to rest at, at the beginning. Are parents always to blame for what happened to their children? Well, the answer is absolutely no, not all the time. Not all the time. Some things you do, your parents had nothing to do with. For example, how much of your children's behavior, though, if you were honest, is, though, a reflection of you? Some of it is you. Not all of it, but some of it. Some of it you learned at home. Now, we can also ask another question. How much of your children's behavior is from outside? Well, okay. Outside infection, I call it. Someone else taught you this. Your fa family never taught you this still. Your family never taught you to lie. Your family never taught you. There were some things you did not learn at home, some things you did. And it's a reflection of your family, but some things you did not learn at home. And an example that would help everybody get it if I asked the question, how much of Adam and Eve's failure was God's fault? Adam and Eve failed, but was that God's fault? Genesis chapter 3 says no, no, they chose. They made a decision. And I really believe if you take the sermon and you back up off of it, the great thing that will happen to you is you'll see your role, their role, and you'll also come away with a value for children. I think a lot of us don't value children. How much do we value children in our culture? Less than we should. And so I want to read a text, Matthew 18, and I'm going to do this a little bit differently. There are three points I want to make, but before I read them, I want you to read through with me verse 1 of, of Matthew chapter 18, all the way to verse 7. And so you'll see them listed in your notes under 1, 2, 3. So follow me along with me just reading the verses, okay? Here it says, uh, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child. Now I want you to pause for a second. This is the huge question. Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. Verse two again, then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them and said, I surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become like as little children, 
you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one child like this is my, uh, in my name, brother, receives me. Verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Now, there are three things I wanted to simply say to you about this that will kind of put this in some context. And what the goal is, the goal is to show you the value of children. The first thing you learn is that when you read this is children have great long-term value. They're your greatest long-term model. Jesus was talking to them, and he says, if you, if you want to know who the greatest is, and that was a big question for them, who's the big shot, who's the greatest? They used to argue about this, the disciples did, the Bible said. And, and so Jesus says, let me show you who the greatest is, and it caused every jaw to drop. He brought children in. See, children or women were highly respected in this culture. And so for Jesus to bring children into the room and say, they are your greatest long-term and short-term models. You want to you be a, you want to see how to be successful long-term or short-term? Look at the kids. Be like them in attitude. And if you're not careful as an adult, you can lose that. Religious people in particular, we can become very arrogant without knowing it. I know God. I hear God. And if you get to the place that you're no longer teachable, it's very sad, I and mean, that's exactly what happens. The third thing that I want you to notice is that many times children have been harmed by negative adults. Adults can have a very negative effect on children. And listen to how he words it in verse 6. He says, whoever causes one of these little ones to, 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 who believes in me to sin, and, and what, they, it, what he really wants you to see is it would be better for that person. It's, it's, it's such a strong sin. And he, he uses this hyperbole, but it's an exaggerated statement. It's not meant for you to literally go out and do this, but it's to make the point. If you offend, if you cause one of the little ones to stumble, you bring great hardship in your life. You hurt yourself when you hurt the children. When you take it upon yourself to do things that, that bring damage to them, it's really tragic for everybody. And I gave you a list of things, five things in particular. For example, pornography and all sensual material were created by adults. Any little kid that's stuck on the internet, Googling, looking around, and, and not even understanding why his body is reacting that way to those images, especially for men, it's poison. Guys, it will hurt you. Oh, my goodness. It will reshape your sexuality, your mind, the way you view women, the way you view love. You want, I mean, being faithful will be hard for you. You just dig a hole for yourself. And that's not, that's not my study. That's the study of something called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity says that your brain can be shaped. And the things you do shape your brain. And the more you do them, the more your brain changes. The way you view, if you watch pornography, this is what your brain becomes, like this. It changes. You, do, you cannot even, you can't see it the same way. And you have a hard time figuring out why. It's because your brain once thought like this, but now it thinks like this. And it's all because of the way you choose the choices you've made. And I think it's really sad. It's really sad. I wish you could take that and throw it away. No, it's okay. Let it stay. Let it, you know, there's a point in your life when you say to yourself, listen, there's something powerful about realizing how I can create a world that can affect and offend everybody. Children did not create pornography. 
they did not. Adults did. Secondly, all music, good and bad, is created by adults. The good words, the bad words, all that was created by us. Thirdly, drugs are manufactured and controlled by adults. Every kid that's on drugs is because of an adult. Adults organize the systems. Adults smuggle it in. Adults make the money. Adults. And all of them have probably have kids. Isn't that amazing? It's really amazing. Families are run by adults who establish family cultures. Cultures that sometimes damage people, but it's run by adults. Now, you got to be careful that you don't become the kind of adult that says, ah, it's not my issue. I don't know why these kids are like this. Really? What happened to our families? Well, sometimes it's because we taught them. Curse words were created and taught by adults. Curse words, don't turn yet, don't turn yet. Curse words were taught and trained by adults. Adults did it. Adults said it. Adults. So, Pastor, are you saying adults are to blame for everything? No. I'm just trying to start a conversation. I'm just trying to bring a balance to the thought process. I want you to take a step back for a moment and say, what part of this am I, have, I, have I created? What part of this did I create? You send your kids to school, they have a hard time learning, so that's all the teacher's fault, right? Really? You're totally, you're totally free from that? Everything is because of them? They drop out of school, it's their fault? Well, you're trying to say it's my fault? I know it's painful. See, this is, no, I'm not saying it's all your fault. Could have been outside infection, it could have been, but here's the point. Think about what I'm saying. Think about for just a moment the role you play and then understand that adults can go through challenges too. Let me show you this. Adults are a question, and that's the second question, the next question I want to ask you. What happened to our adults? So it's not just children that have been damaged, it's adults that have been damaged. And, and it, adults can manifest some interesting attitudes. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 there's something that Jesus said that was profound. Let me show you what Jesus said can happen in a family. This is important. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. And Jesus, what, Jesus really targets, and I, I think, the adults, and he shows what happened to adults. Here's how he said it. People were bringing little children to Jesus, Mark chapter 10, verse 13, to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. Look at Jesus' response. Jesus saw this, and he was indignant. Angry. I cannot believe you guys have this attitude towards the future leaders. I cannot believe you have this attitude towards children. Notice the parents were frustrated, which makes the point adults can become frustrated with children. And this culture, believe me, they were considered very low on the scale of value. In some ways, they were valued highly, but in many ways, they were not. In many ways, it was a proud moment to have a son, a grandson, but in other ways, they were not valued, not the way Jesus thought they should be. Are you a frustrated person? Do you discipline because of anger? Are you the one who yells and says, be quiet? Are you, here's your, here's your statement, I'm too old for this. That's you? Too old. Too old. Too old for noise. Too old for children. Well, I'm sure God could say that about you if he chose to. <laughs> <laughs> too old to keep preaching to you, too old to keep reminding you, 
Been too many years. I've given you how many Bible stories? How many messages have you heard? How many songs have I sung to you about being faithful? It's amazing what we say. And we never step back and understand the power of living a frustrated life and creating, catch this now, with children, a vibe that says, you really bother me. It's just a tone. Get in here or out of here. I'm tired of you. Just sitting in cell. May God speak the same way to you. You say, no, that wouldn't be right. Really? You are the God to them. To that four-year-old, to that two-year-old, you are a supreme being with powers they don't have. Which brings me to the next point that's important. Adults can use their power to hinder children. <laughs> Listen to this. He said, Mark chapter 10, verse 14, he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now, let me start with the kingdom of God part. When you're using the term kingdom of God, think of a place that a king rules, a kingdom. And it's a description of God's place of rule. People that come to God and say, I surrender my life to you, they become part of the kingdom. You willfully join this. Now, he ultimately owns everything anyway. But in the New Testament, there's a statement about this place called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And it's a bunch of people like you and I who've come and said, Lord, you are our king. We bow to you. And here's what he says. Your job is to make sure that the children are invited into that relationship with God. That's your job. You're not to hinder that. But if you're around mean Christians, mean church people who give off a vibe that they just, you just irritate you, and you just your, their response is always out of frustration. You know, I've seen parents in public and the kids crying, you know, and just falling out. And then I've seen parents pop them and wipe them around. And I ah, just I'm going to show out. You show out on me. I'm going to show out on you. You know, and I always say, boy, God, get them like that, Jesus. Do them the same way. Hallelujah. But I've seen other parents say, hey, 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 talk to me. What's the problem? What's the problem? Well, I was, I was, I was, I was trying to ride a horsey. You promised me three times. You said, I'm going to ride the horsey. I saved my money and everything. And, and now you tell me I ain't going to ride the horsey again. <laughs> and you're trying to rush where? And you're trying to do what? Let them ride the horse. They're trying their own way. There's awkward. It's not right. It's not a perfect way. Right? It's not a perfect way. It's, a, it's embarrassing. Right? But stop with the embarrassment for a moment. Just pause. You embarrass God. Come on. Work with me, people. You know, pause for a minute. Look past the embarrassment. Talk to them. What is it? You're, what is it? What is it? What is it? I often tell the story of a young person in our church who had their child, they taught them sign language at one. It was really amazing. You can do that. Six months. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what they do. I didn't know they could learn this. But they taught this kid sign language, and so the kid rarely cried, but would always sign, be signing all the time. And when the kid wanted certain things, they would sign for milk or sign for water or sign for more. This was more. I remember that one. And, and it was all kinds of signs. One sign for mama, one sign for daddy. Mama picked them up. They say, mama, they, they give the sign. I don't want you. I want that one. <laughs> and they learned that it worked, so they did it over and over again. Then they would create signs, like, you know, iPad, <laughs> the thing that goes like this, or the thing that goes like this. 
Well, we kept this child at our house, and it was so profound. She's a big girl now, but she get and she we showed her. We had my wife. We have this big mouse in my bedroom. My wife, and he has his own chair. It's really cool. You see, <laughs> but uh, my wife likes Mickey Mouse. So you got no wonder Ricky works there, right? Mm-hmm. Pray for us. <laughs> but anyway, so so we showed her the mouse, and and I've told this before, but she she later on she did like this, and I didn't know what this was about, and she looked frustrated, like. <laughs> She just scared me. She, she, she was just mad. You know, I said, well, I feel like a dummy. I said, baby, I don't know what you're saying. And she <laughs> like, you know, I asked her parents when they came, they said, well, do you have a Mickey Mouse? I said, ah, yeah, 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 I got one. And she looked at me like, see, I told you, dummy. I told you. A mouse. Here's what I learned from that experience. The child wasn't being bad. They were trying to communicate. And if all they know is crying, they do what works. You've not created another bridge for them. I was so stunned by that, it changed my view of children and what I define as bad. It defined my approach. My first approach should not be to get you, to yank you. What am I teaching you to do? Yank people who irritate you. Yell at them. You're against all corporate punishment. My kids would say, if he said that, that wouldn't be the truth. But I have learned. I've learned that all my methods weren't necessary. I've learned there were other ways to them all. I've learned that sometimes it was my adult frustration that had nothing to do with them. It was me worrying about looking like I was weak. And so... I have to be careful that I don't forget that I can learn too, which brings me to the third point. Adults can become frustrated. Adults can use their power improperly. And adults can also forget to be humble. That's why Jesus said in Mark 10, 15, again, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter in. He took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them. And he did what? Blessed them. He blessed them. He blessed them. You know, the final piece to this is something that really surprised me. I call it the secret sauce. All the things I've said to you are important, but I think that this next phase is important because it's about grandparents. But here's, what, here's what's interesting. I've, become, I've come to understand the, impo- the powerful impact of grandparents. They are now what I call the secret sauce. In that line of family members, grandparents are in that line. They are all grandparents. And grandparents are there for a reason. Now, there's a verse in Psalms uh, 145, verse 4, and I'm reading from, from the English Standard Version. Listen to what it says. One generation, this is chapter 145, Psalm 145, rather, in verse, verse, verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another. One generation shall commend your works to another. They'll pass down things from one generation to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. Please see the power of who you are. You are a parent now, but you will become a grandparent. That to me is a profound gift. And if it's missing in a family, it's missing a secret sauce. Deuteronomy 4 and 9 is the verse I've known since I was 19. 
I did, I, we studied this when I was in Bible college, and one of the great joys of my undergraduate work was it, it was in theology. And so, you know, in, in Bible college, you study things that have to do with the Bible. You know, the Bible is your main source of study. And so you go through all these wonderful research projects that teach you how to manage this book. And, and one of the classes was a class, it was called um, the Pentateuch. And another one, there were several Old Testament kind of classes. And, but in this class, I had to read Deuteronomy. And I ran across in 19, verse 4 and 9. And it has been for me a profound verse. This whole fourth chapter of Deuteronomy is profound. But here's what he says. Only take care and keep your soul diligently. Be diligent. Least you forget. If you're not diligent, if you don't try hard, you'll forget the things that your eyes have seen. And at least they depart from your heart all the days of your life. You'll forget everything you've learned. If you're not careful, he says, make them known when you keep them now. Make them known to who? Your children's children. Your children and your children's children. Your children and your grand and your great grands. Your job as a parent is to make it known. You pass. You are the sauce. You are a secret sauce that passes down information. You teach New Testament says in Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Now, I, I've read this for years. I never saw it like this. This is so profound. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. Make sure you teach sound information. You don't get, you don't get information from people that don't know. Make sure what you believe is sound. It's tested. It works. Here's what he said. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified. What is it be next? Self-controlled. What else? Sound in faith, in love, and in what? Steadfastness. Now, older women, likewise, are to be what first? Reverent in behavior. Now, pause for a second. Not slanders. They're not so full of what happened to them in their life that when they talk, they talk down everything, every man, every city, every church, every preacher, everybody. They're not slanderous. Or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands. Notice, they teach. This is a grandmother who trains her daughter Honey, here's how you love your husband. Get your hand off your hip. Get your neck straight. Let's stop right now, okay? Those are not words you say if you want to stay married. That's not the approach you take. You don't use your, your sexuality as a weapon. You don't use that. You don't, you, this is the job of the woman, to, to have a place to go. A lot of younger women, boy, you're missing this. It's like this, this example. There's gaps there's nobody to fall on. There's nobody to say, you know, our intimate life is a mess. You know, our finances are a mess. I I'm a mess. And so, because there's nobody there, the secret sauce is missing from the, from, the, from, the, from the food. It just doesn't taste right. And you don't even know what to do about it. But sometimes we've so silenced grandmama. We've so silenced the voices around us. There's nobody there to tell us. Then he goes on and he says, older women, here's your job. And then he says, 
if you look with me, they are also to teach what is good to train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may, be, may not be reviled. So you have the older men, you have the older women, you have the responsibility to teach. That's the secret sauce. And when that's missing, you, you don't have the ability to manage the world you live in. And that's why, one of the reasons why I think it's out of control. Last thing it says, I think this is important for the secret sauce. You don't just pass the ball. You don't just teach. But what you do is you give an inheritance. This is, here's a verse. is Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. There's something about what you give. There's a, there's a power. My mom didn't leave me all the money in the world, but she left me something great. She taught me how to make money. Taught me how to work. She gave me a work ethic. Your job is to back up for a moment as a person in this chain, whether you be a child, a parent, a grandparent, and see the value you bring. See the value of children and see your personal role. Well, that's it for today. You know, it's always a joy to have you join me here. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple, and it's always a joy. You know, there's so many things that happen in life that can make you rattled and make you lose perspective. But remember, stay cool. I always say all seas on deck. Stay cool, calm, and collected. When things are pushing you up against the wall, you push back and trust God, and you'll make it. See you next time. God bless. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.